What is up, the Daily Grinders? My name is Kelly, your host as always. We have a new segment, a new feature that we're doing on social, and we want you to be a part of it. The Daily Grind, that's the name of our podcast. What does the Daily Grind mean to you? Our simple phrase, following a certain routine every morning to start your day, or on a larger scale, that shapes the outlook on your life. Submit yours on our direct link form, direct.me slash dailygrindpod or visit us on social at dailygrindpod and get featured Drinks and like 
after you know walking into the store that one day like yeah. what really motivated you to continue to pursue pursue this well, you know i've kind of always tied in i've always wanted to be a writer and so i still i have that like grind as well with the writing grind and so of course it was like oh writer coffee shop they're perfect soulmates there but really it was just I kind of liken it to Peaberry as a company was founded in 1990. And so it's kind of when Starbucks kind of started to become popular. So I think we kind of have this very old school tradition from like almost the pre-Starbucks. If you want to get like archeologically about like do some digging, um, kind of have a very traditional mindset for coffee. And so I wanted to preserve that idea of crafting coffee in a way that sort of isn't beholden to the ideas that have that pervaded the coffee scene because of Starbucks. Um, like no shade against any coffee shop that has like a fully automatic bar, but a lot of the big chains have fully automatic bars like Starbucks and Pete's and Ziggy's and stuff like that. Whereas we have like more of a, we have what's known as a semi-manual espresso bar. So we do everything, but create the pressure ourselves. The machine creates pressure, but we do everything else. We tamp. We steam milk ourselves, we pull shots ourselves. Like we, we don't take every shot that we pull. We make sure that they're good. Like there's nuance there. And so I like the, to preserve that sort of like the idea that like coffee should be made by people and not machines. So that, that really drove me to continue to work in the industry and to continue to work at my own store. Because I think we have something special here that you really can't find other places. Yeah, really well said. Uh over the years, again, being in this industry for so long, uh, were you, like, self-taught? Did you, like... I had some training through Peabury. They sent me to something called Barista Academy, and it was it was kind of rigorous. It was... They would make us weigh our drinks. So our lattes had to weigh a certain number of grams, and our cappuccinos had to weigh less than that. And it was... I mean, it was pretty brutal because it was... I remember making, like, 15 cappuccinos in a row because none of them were good enough. Not that I'm that picky because, you know, at the same time, you still have to put out a product, but I think it really trained me into this idea that there is, if you liken it to cooking, right, there's kind of some artistry behind it so that it's not only just, is the machine pulling well, but like, are you taking your time? Are you being consistent? Are you? And I think that's really, and I always try to impart that in my employees is to get them to understand that they're, they're never going to make the perfect latte, but they should always strive to be proud of every single one they make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, going back to the handcraftness yeah. and like literally hands-on experience yeah, and yes. providing that to yes, consumers uh, in the whole atmosphere, the whole welcoming environment. Yeah. Uh, like, really enjoy being here. <laughs> I wish I could be here all day. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> we got a great view. I know you're beautiful. I can't see it, but it's nice. Exactly. Uh, I know you teased that earlier, but what sets Flatiron Coffee apart from other shops like in the Boulder area? Oh, um, yeah. I really think it's my employees, um, I uh, like I teach them all by like personally how to do the bar and how to make drinks, and I think we just have a sense of like fun and sort of like joy in making coffee too. So I think sometimes you can go to these shops and you get like the coffee bros, and it's very serious. And again, like that is a different brand, and I'm glad it's there for people, but it's not. I never want anybody to feel intimidated by ordering a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and I want never want them to feel like I'm shaming them or anything like that. Like my best purchase was a $30 Mr. Coffee that I have at my house. And that is like, I love that machine and I love the drip coffee it makes. And so like, I never want anybody to feel ashamed because they're not drinking like 
a single origin shade grown Colombian coffee that's made not made in an error press. Like enjoy what you enjoy. And as long as you take pride in everything that you make, I think people understand that that love, for lack of a better term, really comes out through as all the drinks that are made here. Yeah, really well said, Mel. And you also, um, your shop also places uh, emphasis on like quality and that unique mm-hmm. specialties. Um, can you talk about or share some examples of some of those specialties that you created here that can't be found anywhere else? We always have a rotating menu. We've had for like several years now. Um, about every three to four months, we have like a specialty menu. So, and it's usually based around a theme. So right now it's Keanu Reeves themed. <laughs> it's like that joy. It's like, yeah, I, we never take ourselves too seriously, but yeah, we have, we call it the um, espresso macchiano menu right now. And so it's like a kind of a survey of Keanu Reeves' best roles. We have like a speed inspired drink called Pop Quiz Hot Shot, and we have like a Matrix-inspired drink called I Know Kung Fu, which is like blueberry syrup and maple syrup, so it's like invocative of maple, of blueberry pancakes. And then we have my very favorite, which is the Churro, which is a churro lot, that like we have a rotating light espresso that I usually try to feature. one of our specialty drinks with that light espresso. And so that's the ones that's like brown sugar and vanilla and shortbread with this light espresso. And it it like strangely tastes like a churro. It's delicious. And so like, just always try to have fun with creating things and sort of just, you know, giving people something new when they want. Yeah. uh, On some of those uh, like themed espressos or Mm -hmm. um, that uniqueness, like how do you come up with those ideas? Is that, I usually try to get my employees in on it too. I'll ask them like a month before we start a new menu if they have any ideas, like flavor combinations they're looking for. Usually we start off with like, what if we try to make like a strawberry shortcake latte or what if we make like the blueberry pancakes? And then the theme that I mean, why or when or how inspiration strikes, I couldn't tell you, but usually it's like we had a, a menu um, that was all vampire movies themed for like last fall because I'm a big vampire movie fan but we have like a nightmare before Christmas themed menu so it's generally um on point like it has some the last one we had was the last of us themed because the last of us the tv show on HBO had just come out and so that was earlier this spring and so it just whatever yeah. Decides to hit my brain at that moment. Yeah. That's generally how it works. I like the variety. I like the, again, the uniqueness. Yeah. And it gives another excuse for me to come into this yeah, into oh, yeah. the shop. And I'm definitely going to hit up, uh, pick me up uh, oh, yeah. after after today's episode here. Uh, encourage our, our listeners to do so <laughs> as, as well. Um, can you talk about also sourcing your coffee beans and um, other ingredients? Do you prioritize, you know, working with local suppliers? Yeah, I think... At this moment in time, everything that I carry in the store is local. I always try to do local first. Um, Boulder-based, I try to, but it extends all the way out to Denver. Like, both of my roasters, coffee roasters, are in Denver. One of them is Coda Coffee, um, and then the other is Corvus Coffee. Um, And I've had Coda Coffee for years. I've had them for more than 15 years, and they're really great. They do a really good job of making sure that a lot of their coffee is either fair trade or... um, similar because to get that fair trade organic sticker it costs money actually for the farmers 
to get that licensing. So a lot of these farmers just don't have the money, even if they do have these organic and fair trade practices. So like they almost always strive to find the farms that are doing things organically and, and, um, and at the same time, like I'm blanking on the word, but um, sustainably. Sure, sure. And so um, they also do Coda. Coffee does a lot of direct trade. So it's like even one step beyond fair trade. It's they go down and fly to these farms in Colombia or Guatemala and they here's money and then they get the coffee. And so they do a lot to support a lot of um, work down there and I like even I, I carry several products there's a um, a large um, Nepalese population in Boulder and so I carry both Sherpa Chai which is made by a local like Nepalese family and then Bob Bars which is and well, everybody always they are always giving money back to their community and they're helping to build schools and so stuff like that is always really important to me because it's you have to kind of remember that you do belong to a community and everybody has to pitch in. So if you have kind of a mission, if you have a good product and a mission, I, that's right up my alley. Yeah, really well said. We're all about supporting yeah. uh, small businesses, local businesses, yeah. and, and, and our community as a whole. Uh, definitely on, on the show and our podcast is part of our, our nonprofit, so we're always looking out there to make a difference and also uh, sure, sure uh, have a voice, utilize this platform. Uh, and talk about uh, your story here, Mel, and, and with Flatiron and coffee and everything. Talking about yourself as a coffee connoisseur, um, obviously you're expert on today's episode <laughs> by all means, hands down, uh, hands down. Like, and then I'm I'm eating or drinking whatever the goodness is here. Uh, how do you stay up to date, like with trends or innovations in the industry? Anything that's caught your attention recently that you want to share in today's episode? Or I'm actually I don't follow trends too closely because I think a lot of them are very flash in the pan. And so usually if something is around for like a year or so, then I'll kind of start to investigate it. Um, but I think the, the trend that I've seen recently is like a lot of mushroom inspired drinks. And so I do have like some yerba mate and some cans that's mushroom inspired. I have been trying to think of like, find a, again, like a local product that is sort of that like mushroom Sometimes it comes in a powder and you kind of pull it like an espresso shot or sometimes it's just kind of like an add-on. But again, it has to like taste good and be high quality and go well with sort of what I've already established. So I don't know if the mushroom train is right for me. I have to find the right product. But yeah, just generally I hear about it from my employees or my customers or I don't really, Again, like some of the other coffee shops around here are a little too like broy for me. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. They can do their bro stuff, and I'll I'll stay and continue my my own little choice here. But yeah, I just um, if I hear about something, you know, because I go to a lot of other restaurants and I do go to some other coffee shops. I live up in Longmont, um, and I kind of see what they have and scope out the competition. But for the most part, I generally just make my own path and follow it. Yeah, really well said. And also going back to the point of like being approachable, enjoyable for all customers. Oh, yeah. And uh, again, that focus on, on quality is so key here. Uh, as we've ever seen like success over the years uh, with your shop and everything, do you try to push boundaries or when you have like the different ideas or um, bringing in the local suppliers, do you see local suppliers actually that sustainability being a trend? In, oh, definitely. In yeah, like um, there's been, I've been, Pushing for like I had all compostable items for a long time before it kind of became 
um, in vogue, but I would say that now the push is really towards not only just like compostable items, but to reusable items for sure. So bringing in your own cups. I'm part of, I just started something called the trashless take back program. And it's where it's, they're like these little plastic cups. They're infinitely reusable and you pay like three bucks and you get a cup and you get a lid and then you keep the lid, but like any place that's part of this program, you can exchange your cup for like a fresh cup. And then we take that cup, we sanitize it and then we put it back into production. And so not only that, are you trying to save um, like the compostable cups, which usually can't even be composted unless it's in a commercial facility, um, so stuff like that. Then we also started carrying like little cake jars. It's literally like a cake inside of a mason jar. And then that mason jar is like yours to do with as you please after you eat the cake inside, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. And so we started using the little jars that people leave us as like water cups here. So just the idea that like you can reuse these items and not just do the bare minimum, which to me, the bare minimum is like all compostable items, but even go beyond a step further. Yeah, take it one step further. Yeah, yeah reducing our carbon footprint, yeah. footprint again, uh, making a difference out there in the world and from an environmental perspective as well. Uh, talk about, you mentioned again, uh, establishing uh, Flatiron, you know, in 2009. How has the coffee shop evolved, you know, over the years? Well, that's, that's well, a big question. It's a big question. <laughs> it's an interesting question, too. I would say that people have become like caffeine hounds for sure. Like, uh, my 20 ounce, my largest cup, comes with like a few years back. What heck, when I say a few years back, I mean like eight years ago, I changed it to have four shots instead of it used to have three. And I still have people who are like, mm, could I get two extra shots? And you confirm with them, okay, that's gonna be six shots. They're like, give it to me. So I feel like the, the caffeine consumption alone has gone up. And then we started when we started to offer like a nitro cold brew, which we don't cut our nitro cold brew a lot of times when you get nitro at places, it's usually like a cold brew concentrate cut with water, but ours isn't. And we always warn people because we joke that it makes you see through space and time. And so like that, I think that like the caffeine hounds have really come about. Um, but in general, I think uh, more, I've seen a massive shift towards um, like plant-based products. And so I would say that I, I get a lot of questions from CU students, like business students are always emailing me and asking me and stuff. And somebody asked me like what percentage of non-dairy milk I was using, and I think probably equal to whole milk is oat milk. Like I go through so much oat milk, and oat milk has just kind of taken the industry by storm. And so yeah, like if not the same exact, like the similar amounts of I go through whole milk as I do oat milk, if not more oat milk. Than, and I mean, it was never even five years ago. I would say like whole milk or like cow's milk was the drastic winner when it came to what people wanted in their drinks and now it's not not even so yeah consumer preferences oh, yeah. changing but yeah. staying innovative yeah. staying updated and then again serving the best products out there uh you know with a smile and everything uh talk about you mentioned community like how do you engage with local community and support like other local businesses around boulder too i mean the, a lot of times it's usually because like a customer also <laughs> owns a local business so we're kind of like hey um i know right before the pandemic started and unfortunately didn't happen but I was going to partner with like a local yoga studio and we were going to do yoga in here in the mornings but maybe one day we'll get back to that um but yeah it's usually just like someone will come in and 
I start to know them as a customer and then I learn that like I've had several bakers who have started selling their own pastries in my store because they've been customers here and so just like the idea of engaging with people as people first and then sort of business comes after that like when you start to think about how you can be mutually beneficial in this relationship that you found um, and then other than that like just because we're so close to CU like I get a lot of Again, like customers, like I had a, um, a man who worked for the CU Shakespeare Fest. And so like there for a few years, I would give him donations of coffee for the actors that they would fly in for the Shakespeare Fest and stuff like that. And just like really try to partner with people as people first. Yeah, I like that. People first. People first. Uh, yeah, you uh, teed me up or you kind of took the, the, stole the words out of my mouth in regards <laughs> to like the, the partnerships and relationships yeah. of you feel like uh, in this area, in the Boulder area, like the business, local businesses are here to support one another in a sense, or even uh, coffee shops oh, too. Oh, for sure. Like um, we had a massive wildfire that happened in like December of twenty twenty one. No, twenty twenty two. No, twenty twenty one, because it was just the one year anniversary, and it wiped out a whole bunch of homes in Superior, and it was massive wildfire. And I got put on like an email list about. How are we as like businesses and restaurants and how are we going to help these people who have been who've lost everything in this like massive wildfire and you should have seen this email list I mean it was it had to be like hundreds of businesses and like everybody was like I can do this I can feed these people I donated coffee to like the, um, the center where everybody was like getting supplies and so just like their massive hub so not only for the people who've been affected by the fire but the people who are helping those affected by the fire giving them coffee and so like it was just it was actually kind of a little heartwarming in the midst of kind of this tragedy with how all of these restaurants and businesses like banded together and then that even kind of sparked a after the kind of the wildfire help had died down these we were all kind of still talking to each other kind of thinking about oh well what can we do now to like help other folks just yeah I think there's an idea in Boulder that um, like a, we appreciate small businesses I think in a way that's hard to find other places so that's that's always really nice yeah I, I like it too again bring the community together bring everyone stronger uh, being supportive you always have that support squad or people you know, in the community that you can go to and be an influencer, make a huge impact. And you're doing that today, every day on your daily grind, literally. Speaking of the daily grind, Mel, that's the name of our show. Yeah, what does the daily grind mean to you? Uh, I think it's it's one of those things that you have to, I always tell my new baristas, like, you're going to make that latte. And this is going to happen. Or you're going to make a latte that somebody doesn't appreciate and so the idea that like that's on them that if you try your best and you do your best that just put out your best product do it with pride and love and then you know everything will kind of fall into place after that and it just you know like I'm here a lot <laughs> I, 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 I do take days off uh, which is something I learned early on. Like it, mental health is also very important, and not being here and, and taking time away from the shop. But like being here is, I've kind of made it a place where I can be my strange self and sort of put that into 
everything that I do. So don't change like who you are. Because again, like when I first started working a, in coffee, it was very um, bro-y. And I thought that I kind of had to be a certain way in order to be a business owner. But then the more I figured out that if I was just my strange self and just did what I thought was best, then everything would be fine. And so the idea that I am going to go my own path and, and put out the products that I like, regardless of what sort of the industry trend might be, as long as it's good, people are going to figure that out. Yeah, so I would just say, you know, cliche as it sounds, like be yourself and don't be afraid to sort of buck trends or to be an individual in the face of like this massive drive to everything being the same. Yeah, being authentic, being yeah. genuine. Um, I think that's really, really hits home for our listeners tuning in today's episode yeah. uh, and motivating us, uh, not just on your daily grind, but ours as, yeah. as well. So yeah, in closing, uh, Mel, we, we talked about your daily schedule. You've You've quite the grind going on here at, at Flat Iron Coffee. Yeah. What's on your, you know, daily grind later this year, uh, back half of 2023? You know, I, I kind of always, as long, my everyone always asks, like, what's your five-year plan? What's your five-year plan? And my five-year plan is always, like, still be in business. And I think that that is an absolutely fine goal to have. Um, I think this idea of continual growth can be harmful and a little unsustainable. So just the idea that you're still here, still making an impact like i always want all my employees to be to feel as fulfilled as they can working here and that's important as almost as important to me as like putting out a good product is making sure that my employees know that they're appreciated and well taken care of if the only thing that i ever teach them is how to be treated by their bosses then that is that i have done my job and so the idea that like you gotta just take some one day at a time and like still be here and still go on and if the pandemic taught me anything it's like i can survive if i survived that i can survive this and so like this calm of knowing that it's going to be okay like no matter what life throws at me it's going to be okay and i'll deal with it one punch out of time yeah i like i like the mantra and i like the the mindset here and uh yeah, from the podcast team, we are cheering you virtually uh, from afar and wishing all the best uh, at Flat Iron Coffee here. Uh, speaking of your story, Mel, very inspiring uh, on today's episode. Do you have a word of the day to motivate our listeners out there uh, or a quote or a saying? I mean, like, it's hokey as it sounds. Again, whenever I'm teaching my employees, I have this phrase, ABS, which doesn't stand for analog break system, but rather always be shaken because you got to shake everything you got to shake like soy milk you got to shake our coffee concentrate you like but at the same time like you can apply that to your life too be like always be shaken like be shaking stuff up like don't kind of get stuck in this rut as it's easy to do and i the same thing happens sometimes you know you come into a a shift and things are not as pleasant as they could be and your what's happening in your personal life can affect sort of the service you give people and that it happens to all of us but and when that happens, I tell myself, I'm like, always be shaking, Melissa. And then I do a little shimmy, and then everything's fine. So, like, always be shaking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, so I like I it. I stole it from a movie. It's that movie with um, Michael Douglas where it's like he's 
um, ABC always be clothing, but like, that's yeah. <laughs> I, I repurpose. It. Yeah, repurpose it, <laughs> made it uniquely for for us. Uh, I like it. ABS. ABS. All, ABS. all about that. We have to add that to our like our, our tagline or something. I don't know on the podcast, uh, but I think that fits perfectly with your story. What encompasses what you're looking yeah. to do here in the world? Inspire us. Make a difference in your Boulder community as well as uh, your outreach is incredible. Uh, last but not least, uh, Mel, if our listeners have questions, comments, want to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. want to stop in, in the shop and enjoy the, the goodness here, how can they do so? Uh, you know, my website, flatironcoffee.com, is the best place. Like, all of my contact information is there. We are on Instagram. Um, it's flatiron underscore coffee. There's, a, there's actually a few other flatiron coffee shops around town, and I get emails from them all the time, and it's actually kind of hilarious. But um, I, and it's me, like, if you contact the store, you're gonna get me like I'm behind the DMs on Instagram and I'm behind all all of the email addresses. So like, if you have a question or a comment or a concern, I'm your suggestion box. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. D- DMs are open. Yeah, yeah, DMs yeah. Are, doors open. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, we'll put where to find uh, Mal, where to find Flat Iron Coffee in today's show notes. As always, uh, thanks again for tuning in today's episode. A big thank you to Mal for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank, again, thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. Thanks for tuning in to The Daily Grind this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Daily Grind Pod. Please also remember to visit our website, www.kjfwi.org, and shop our merch. Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson. Have a great day. This episode was produced by the Kelly Johnson Foundation with music composed by Connor Christian.